Welcome or welcome back to Pre Arb Excellence, a roots based Chicago Cubs podcast with an eye on player development. And today's title, it took me a while to figure it out, but today's title is Steel Having a Ball. S T E E L E having a B A L L. You'll get it in a few. Um, Today, I, I had already given you updates on the split squad game between the two Dominican Summer League teams. And what, red beat blue? I think it was like six to one, five to six to one, something like that. Um, and I also told you that on a seventh inning error, Mesa ended up winning two to one. So, going into the games tonight, all the Cubs affiliates had won, except for the team that was playing a Cubs affiliate. So everybody, you know, it it was as good as possible coming in. So let's see how it went the rest of the night. Um, Justin Steele got the start for Iowa in Toledo, when we would go to Troy, Ohio, we there was a Toledo sign somewhere. And for whatever reason, we started calling it toodly-doo. So uh, if I ever say toodly-doo, that's, uh, that, that, that's Tim fading back to when Tim was like six years old. So uh, the I-Cubs played toodly-doo. And second pitch of the game, Ian Miller hit a home run. Third inning, Michael Hermosillo hit one out into the street. And as Alex Cohen said, that almost hit a Nissan. <laughs> almost hit a car. You can find the video on YouTube. It's really hilarious. He he, he almost wiped out a car. It, it was it, it was he, he clubbed it. Um so it was Two to nothing. Steele was fantastic. He went, was it three or four innings? Um, I'm not remembering. His first couple innings were fantastic. If he went three, his fourth inning was a struggle. If he went two, his third inning was a struggle. And it wasn't a, you know, um, thousands of walks and base hits or anything. He just, you know, allowed base runners. First two guys were out almost immediately. Then um, there's a little bit of, uh, what, there's a bunt hit, error, maybe a walk. But um, he pitched out of it, and was sitting 94-95 with his fastball into his last inning. He's extending very well. I don't think they're going to rush it a whole lot. And the thing to mind with jumping from AAA to the majors, let's say a starter is up to 85 in AAA. Seems good, right? So you move him up to the major league level. How many pitches does that translate to? Some people might say, well, 85 because a pitch is a pitch. Except the hitters are a lot better at the major league level than the AAA level. So if he's getting in 85 pitches at the AAA level, <coughs> I don't know, 65? 
maybe 70 because he's going to run into a lot better hitting. Uh, but no, what, what he's been doing is fantastic so far. The game zoomed along and let's see. Tommy Nance pitched inning and two-thirds to set things up. And Ben Leeper entered in the eighth with two outs for the four-out save. First, first hitter, not a problem. Uh, second hitter... Was it the first hitter in the ninth inning? Yeah, first hitter in the ninth inning hit a home run. Then the second hitter flew out. Then a couple of walks, a fly to left, and a passed ball. So the tying run was 2-1. to one. Yeah, it was 2-1 to because he'd given up a run. And, um... Tying run on third, winning run on second, pop foul, and Eric Castillo made a fantastic catch diving into the dugout. So the Cub I Cubs ended up winning two to one. You can give your player of the game to Justin Steele. You can give your player of the game to Michael Hermosillo or Ian Miller or Eric Castillo, whoever the heck you want to. The I-Cubs are starting to play well, particularly if they get decent starting pitching. Because they're, they're, if they can have the lead after six, their bullpen is fantastic. It just is. So um, Iowa's getting there. They're not there yet. But um, with a minor league affiliate, realistically, the question is, how many of these guys belong at the next level up? So you, let, let, let's say you're just starting to follow a minor league team and you're following advanced day, you know, whichever team, not the Cubs, not the whoever. Let's say you're watching a game, you're watching a six-game series to get to know what's going on. By the end of the seven-game series, you're thinking, this team over here, seven of these guys belong at the next level up. This team over here, 13 guys belong at the next level up. You see how that might kind of influence your decision? If the, if the one team has 13 guys that I, I get called up and the other team has seven, team that has 13 guys, if everything else breaks even, they're probably better. So what you want to do is have a minor league affiliate where, yeah, some of these hitters belong up, some of the outfielders ought to get called up, some of the infielders ought to get called up, some of the catchers ought to get called up. The more guys that you can have that make sense, yeah, 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 this guy makes sense. He probably belongs at the next level. At some point with Iowa, Ben Leeper belongs at the next level. Um, Rodriguez, Manny Rodriguez belongs at the next level. Tommy Nance belongs at the next level. Dakota Meccas might belong at the next level. Jake Jewell might belong at the next level. I'm just talking about relief pitchers. And, of course, there's Justin Steele, who's starting to throw 94-95 into the third and fourth inning. Yeah, that's kind of okay. That that will eventually do. And, again, I'm not talking about the hitters either. Uh, Michael Hermosillo is beating the snot out of the ball. He belongs at the next level eventually. But it's not going to be a situation where... Um, 
call up Michael Hermosillo and send down Ian Happ. That's not happening. What's going to happen is something's going to happen at the major league level. There will be a vacancy. Michael Hermosillo will come up and take the vacancy, and he'll play a bunch, and uh, Rafael Ortega will play a bunch, because that's how it's going to play out. So, Iowa wins. Tennessee, uh, by the fifth day, I was paying a whole lot of attention to the the um, Iowa game and one other game that I will tell you about soon. And I wasn't really paying a whole lot of attention to Tennessee. Popped in for a couple of minutes. I do like to check in on pretty much all the games at some point through the night just so I can get a feel on what's happening. And Tennessee, by the fifth inning, I think was the fifth inning, uh, Brennan Davis was halfway to a cycle. He had a home run and a double. He event, uh, I think Jared Young drove in somebody. I can't remember who it was, if it was Davis or not. But uh, Davis, so Davis had two hits, a double and a um, double and a homer, uh, and it was two to nothing, going to the ninth inning. Get this terrible feeling of deja vu, eh? And Ethan Roberts was called in. And he ended up, how did that one end up going? Um, one of the first two guys reached Walker, a hit, can't remember which. Um, I think it was a walk and then a grounder got him to second, fly ball to center and he didn't move up. So it was two outs, time run at the plate, um, and Robert struck out the hitter. So again, the the bullpen, very good. So now, check us out. Something happens up at the major league level. This guy gets traded, that guy gets traded, the other guy gets traded, whatever, whichever. The, the New York Mets blew a huge lead tonight to, are you sitting down for this? You might want to be sitting down for this. Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh had a huge comeback against the Mets bullpen. (coughs) So I don't know. Maybe, just maybe, just maybe, the Mets might be interested in not only a shortstop or a third baseman, but also a relief pitcher. You know how many teams might have a relief pitcher they might be interested in trading? Hmm, let me see. Uh, Hmm, I don't know. Uh, So if somebody ends up getting traded, then... Cubs call up Manny Rodriguez, or the Cubs call up Tommy Nance. Actually, the first guy they call up is uh, Dylan Maples, uh, because he's going to have to come back anyway. So, uh, yeah, just keep calling players up, and if you trade somebody else off, then you call somebody else up, and you trade somebody else up, you call somebody else up. And then, when the guys from AAA get called up, you have guys like um, Ethan Roberts, who's kicking butt in... Tennessee, call him up to AAA. Um, Kane Eckert is kicking butt in AA. Call him up to AAA. Brandon Hughes, who is basically a revelation to me. I, you know, I, I was following. It's like, oh, well, throws left-handed. He used to be an outfielder, kind of fast. But, you know, that's not going to help him a whole lot pitching. Well, he's pitching really well. And he even started off poorly this year. But he's pitching really well. some point, call him up. So then what you end up doing, you look at South Bend. Is there anybody there that needs to get called up? Call them up. You just keep moving players up. And, and 
Not exactly the way people are used to seeing it done with the Cubs, but if the AAA guys are doing well, then you try to find excuses and justifications and reasons to call them up. So let's recap. Um, The Dominican Summer League teams played each other. So one of them won, one of them lost. That really couldn't be helped. The Arizona Cubs won. The Iowa Cubs won. The Tennessee Smokies won. Let's check in on the Myrtle Beach Pelicans. The Pelicans, let's see, how did that game progress? I should actually probably go look at this one. But, uh, yeah, hang on a second. I'm going to go look at this one. Okay, now that I did my homework again, I I had completely forgotten how the doubleheader in Myrtle Beach started. The first game I had listened to for the day, Myrtle Beach's game started at about 3, I I think it started at 3 in the afternoon. So that was my first game to listen to, and it was Her's Day. DJ Hers was starting, and he went three or four innings and gave up a couple of runs. Uh, he was pitching well, I think was into the fourth, one out, and then the guy who leads the league in home runs hit one that still hasn't landed yet. Uh, then a single and a double, and he gave up a second run before, uh, and he left after four innings down two to nothing. Myrtle Beach lost seven to nothing. There really wasn't a whole lot to get excited about in that game. Um, reliever came in and did not do particularly well. In the second game, Jeremiah Estrada, who was a, I don't know, seventh, eighth round, sixth, seventh, eighth round pick out of high school in, I think it was 2018, 18, 19, 2020, maybe it was 2017. I think it was 2017. Um, He's had a lot of injuries. This was his first real chance at full season ball, especially what with no season last year. He's been very good. He's been he'd been relieving. They finally decided, kind of along the lines of with um, Justin Steele, what the heck? Let's try him as a starter. And his first start was two innings. Then he went three. Now he's gone four. His ERA is under a half. He's it's not necessarily he's striking thousands and thousands of people out, but he's getting outs. He's not giving up runs, and that's about all that you can ask for from a starting pitcher, especially when he's rather significantly under the league age level. So um, at least the league experience level. Then uh, Jared Wright came in in relief in a 0-0 game and was given a run of support in the 5th, a run of support in the 6th, and Wright shut him down in the 7th. So it was a 2 to nothing victory for Myrtle Beach, which makes, let's see, Tennessee was a shutout. Iowa gave up two runs. Mesa's was a shutout. Myrtle Beach had a shutout. Uh, so then uh, all that's left is South Bend and South Bend was the other game I wanted to follow. I wanted to hear because anytime there's a new player, especially a new player that has some panache, I want to know how he does. And Bryce Ball, I'd heard people say this and that about him. I'd heard people say, oh man, he's only hitting 206. 
I saw somebody say, this guy's terrible. He can't drive in any runs. That one I had fun with because I responded, hmm. Well, facts are brutal, but in the game, he was pulled because he was being traded. He had a sacrifice fly to drive in a run. So apparently he is able to drive in runs. Uh, I, I haven't gotten a response back on that one, oddly. I don't know. Um, Bryce Ball, 6'6", 230, He's big. He's he he is big, and uh, I haven't seen him play first base. I don't know that he's going to play a lot of first base. He's a big slugger dude. If you are familiar with Dan Vogelbach from a number of years back, uh, he's taller. I'm not sure if he's better defensively, but that's basically who he is. He's tall. He has a good grasp of the strike zone. In his second at bat, he worked the 2-0 count, kind of swung through it a bit and popped the ball up on the infield, but he worked the 2-0 count, and he, he does know the strike zone. He does work pitches. Uh, tonight, he was one for three. It was a double. He's a left-handed hitter. He hit it to center left center i think that would be the way to put it it wasn't truly left center it was more center left center it's like a one hopper maybe a two hopper off the wall he beat the heck out of it um so in bryce ball's first outing with south bend one for three with a walk his first at bat was a fly to i'll say two steps short of the track in right field he can hit. He can hit. He hadn't had a whole lot of success for average this season with the Rome Braves. I have no idea what was going on there, but he hit fifth for Rome in his last game before being traded. He batted fifth for South Bend, and I would imagine, at least against right-handers, he's going to play most of the time. Tyler Derna whose job is most impacted by the acquisition of Bryce Ball, is hitting the ball. He's hitting the heck out of the ball. And he's done a lot better since Bryce Ball was acquired. Is Tyler Derna going to get sent up to AA? That could happen. I'm not going to say it will happen, but certainly could happen. Um... With the minor leagues, it's a there's a bit of flux, but you want to have a justification for sending someone up. It's not we're going to call this guy up just because. There usually should be a you know three or four sentence reason. If you can give a three or four sentence reason why this guy ought to get called up, well then that's probably a reason. It might not be what the team does, but um, Tyler Derna is a legitimate defensive first baseman. He's starting to hit better. Uh, his average was low when he was on the injured list. I have no idea. When a baseball player gets injured, you have no idea, unless you are actually that player, how much the injury impacted him. What a lot of times will happen with an athlete. They'll be healthy, they'll be healthy, they'll be healthy. Then all of a sudden, a little something goes wrong, and I, you know whether it's the knee, whether it's the elbow, whether it's the foot, whether it's the ankle. I can play through this. I can play through this. I'm going to play through this. 
I have to be able to play through this because I'm a professional athlete. I have to be able to play through, I'm hurt, I can't play. And the entire time they probably should have been sitting down, but it took them a certain distance to realize, you know what, I'm not helping me, I'm not helping the team, I have to sit down. So how long was Tyler Derna injured before he decided, you know what, I better sit down? I don't know that. I, you know, I'm not, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> There's just no information on that. So uh, Tyler Derna, since getting back from injury, since uh, the Jock Peterson trade, Tyler Dern is playing well. And there is a legitimate argument to consider sending Tyler Derna up to play first base at Tennessee, especially if Jared Young, who's the first baseman in Tennessee, gets a call up to AAA. Again, you see how that works? If this guy's doing well enough to get promoted, then you ask, is there another guy who can be promoted to replace him? It works that way. The Cubs haven't had a horribly successful season from a win-loss perspective. But they do have some players that are starting to round into shape and could probably be promoted off of what they've done recently. So uh, it was really a nice night in the Cubs pipeline. Every team won except the team that was playing against a Cubs opponent. Triple A won. Double A won. Advanced A won. Low A won. They also lost the game 7 to nothing, but they did win. Mesa Cubs won. And the Dominican Cubs split because they played against each other. How much better can you do than that? Yeah, they, they could have had better offense against... Uh, the Fireflies, Columbia Fireflies, but Myrtle Beach has been playing really well recently. Um, it was it was a nice night. It was a nice night. Toss in that the Mets have to be, have to be considering making a... They're in first place. The Mets are in first place. They have to be considering making a trade to cover for Francisco Lindor being injured, cover for their injured bullpen. And there's just not that many teams that are trading that have good relievers that are available to be traded for. There's just not. So um, it was a good night for the Cubs. And, of course, the parent club won as they... Had a fantastic comeback in the ninth inning. They were what? What was it? Down two to one into the ninth. They were down two to one with two outs in the ninth, and then had a single, then a double, then a two-run homer, and Craig Kimbrell closed it out for the safe. Um, you really can't have much of a better night than that. Plus, I didn't hear of anybody getting injured. So, yeah, it was it was a really nice night in the pipeline, and it was um, it, DJ Hers lost, and it was still a fantastic night. 
um, it was Steele having a ball. And with that bad pun, I will let you guys go. Thanks for listening. Be safe. Be nice to others. Have a good rest of your weekend. I will talk to you soon.